Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's week two of the Cardinals 2023-2024 season, and I have my very favorite special guest joining us today. Stay tuned. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Kelly Singh. The sickest Arizona Cardinals podcast. It's gonna be sick. Sick, sick, sick. Hello, everybody, and welcome to week two of the official 2023-2024 NFL season on the sickest Arizona Cardinals podcast. I am your host, Kelly Singh. I have brought in my favorite cohort, Cardinals beat reporter, Donnie Druin. Donnie. Hello. Hello. I've been called a lot of things. So uh, the core horde is definitely probably like middle to like bottom tier of the, the thing has been called. So I'll take that. Oh my gosh. Cohort. My favorite cohort. All right. Whatever. I liked it. <laughs> no, no, it was good. I liked it. I thought you could go with co-host at first and then you, you like switched up the, the second to the last letter and I'm like, hmm. Hort? Host? All right. They both work. You have your own Cardinals podcast, which is taking off in subscriptions, um, which is super exciting for you. I appreciate what that. What is it Thank called? Uh, it's just all Cardinals podcast. You can find us on YouTube. Just type in all Cardinals and uh, one of the videos will pop up, whether it's a podcast or like a player interview in the locker room during the week or after game or something like that. Um, also follow the work at allcardinals.com or sf.com slash NFL slash Cardinals. If you wrote all that down, good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've been doing this little pod now for a little more than a year, I think. And, um, it has been really fun and really exciting and we do not have that many YouTube subscribers, but apparently we have a lot of, I, um, what do you call them? Apple podcast listeners. Okay. Um, so that made me feel a lot better. But I will say listenership has been in the thousands for like two weeks in a row. And then all of a sudden there was like nine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, it's going to be really tough to sell Cardinals fans on content the the remainder of the 2023 season. Uh, it, it It is what it is. Hopefully, 
um, more talent can be injected in this team within the next couple of years. We can get back to like that, like 2008 team or like the, the 2015 team to where everybody and their mother loved the Cardinals and loved, you know, supporting them and listening to them and reading about them and so on and so forth. True. Or they could just tune in because we're just fun. Like, come have fun with us. Yeah. All right. No, I agree. Yeah. Tune in. Maybe the Cardinals will tune in here in the next couple of weeks. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, oh, I see what you did there. So let's dive into this because my initial like inkling, I I like to go with my gut a lot of times, which means nothing really. But I had this feeling we had Joshua Dobbs. He's going to be there as the veteran to just be a calming whatever presence and we would work on Clayton Toon. That's not what happened. Um, Joshua Dobbs ended up starting week one. And I told you, I have eyelashes stuck to my hand. Oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, sorry, people. Super distracted by two strips of eyelashes on my hand. Dobbs, lackluster, I said to you. Lackluster. Everybody talks about protecting the football when I watch Clayton Toon play throughout the preseason, throughout camp, throughout the preseason, I felt like that was his main job, which it is, but he treated it as his main job to find somebody to throw to, to get out of bounds, or to run himself down the field. Um, I don't see those things when I watch Dobbs. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think... Um... It was a very, very interesting decision. You kind of got the feeling right whenever they traded the fifth round pick for Josh Dobbs that he was kind of the guy, but they they just wanted to make sure um, that, you know, he, he actually knew the system that Drew Petzing was running because those two go back to their time in Cleveland, um, as well as a uh, quarterback coach, Israel Woolfork too. So there's a lot of mm-hmm. like Dobbs history, history. with like so, some of the guys on the offensive staff. Um they greatly overestimated what Colt McCoy's arm looked like because they they tried to sign Dobbs in the offseason. They couldn't get him. And then they brought Colt McCoy in. Or sorry, they, they kept Colt McCoy. They, they tried to ride with him. Clearly did not like what they saw. And I think the the timing of that trade for Dobbs told me that they were trying to actively get somebody else. And I think Dorian Thompson Robinson's um, elevation in Cleveland as the number two guy behind Deshaun Watson kind of free Dobbs up for trade. Dobbs had six practices heading into week one. So it, it's like really like a, he knows the system. Sure. But like yeah. how, how much does he know it's week one with a brand new head coach, a brand new offense coordinator. Like what do we expect? What can we expect? Yeah. And I think we saw the game plan was try to establish the run, play great defense, and then don't turn the ball over. And the cool thing about that is that two of those three things were done. Right. <laughs> The the one that matters to turnovers, uh, g- granted, like the first one was a strip sack on Josh Dobbs. I can't fault a quarterback for giving up the f- football when he's getting blasted behind the line of scrimmage. Um, but the quarterback center exchange needs to be clean 100% of the time. And for Dobbs to pull out a little bit early for that, 
lose the ball. He tried to go get it. He didn't. Washington ended up with it. That ended up being the game-winning score. Um, in the NFL, fine, fine margins dictate whether or not you win or lose. And not to say that lost in the game, because one play doesn't necessarily dictate the right. game. But, man, you talk about a momentum swinger. Yeah. Now, 4.4 yards per attempt for Josh Dobbs did not push the ball downfield at all. Part of me thinks that might have been part of the game plan um, just to keep things short and simple for Josh Dobbs. And I know we're going to get into the Giants matchup here in a little bit, but I do think things are going to open up a little bit more for the Cardinals offense. Um, but overall, it's just a, a very vanilla day for Josh Dobbs. And vanilla more times than not is not going to win you football games, and it didn't on Sunday. And it's not fun to watch. Even if it's a close game. <laughs> and see, well, that that's why I understand why Cardinals fans keep pounding the table for Clayton Toon, because I I personally think Josh Jobs is, is a better quarterback as we sit here and talk. But in terms of excitement, in terms of trying to push the ball down the field, I think Clayton Toon was the epitome of that during preseason play. I agree 100% on the excitement portion. However... I can't really speak on if Josh Dobbs is a good quarterback or not because I've never followed his career. I've only seen what I've seen, and I was on the tune train. Still am. Will we see Clayton Tune before uh, Kyler comes back? I 100% think so. I I think it's only kind of a matter of time until we see Clayton Tune. Whenever Dobbs was traded, a lot of people were really happy, and like deservedly so because like, in a brand new scheme and a, a rebuilding time, you just needed the guy who knows the offense. And from there, if you know the offense, y- you can more times than not put yourself in a position to win. And like to their point, they only lost by four. Like they almost right. shocked the commanders as the, the second largest underdogs heading into week one. So it's not like they played poorly, but if you only look at the offense side of the ball, there's so much left to be desired from that performance. Um, the problem with starting or throwing Clayton Tune in during that week one loss, or even throwing him in in week two as a starter, is you're not giving him a leash. And so let's say Josh Dobbs performs poorly week one, and then you give Clayton Tune a shot in week two, and Clayton Tune plays poorly. It's like, okay, well, now you have to find yourself in a position to where you're going to be bouncing back and forth between quarterbacks, not necessarily going to give either of them a, a shot to establish a rapport or a rhythm with their offensive teammates. And the, the quarterback change, I feel like, is coming. It's only a matter of time. But by not sitting Dobbs immediately, you're showing Tune that, hey, whenever we do, in fact, go to you as the guy, whenever that might be, mm-hmm. if that might be, we are going to give you a handful of opportunities. So, like, if you throw an interception, don't worry about it. If right. you have a, a couple bad quarters, don't worry about it. We are going to give you X amount of time to show, hey, I deserve to be in an Arizona Cardinals uniform, not only this year, but perhaps even in the future to back up Kyler Murray or whoever else might be quarterback. True. I guess my thought is is maybe we let Dobbs start. If it's going south, then make an update. Bring in a backup. That's what a backup's there for, not just for injury, but for poor play. But I don't know. We'll see. Like you said, I'm sure we'll get to see him. It'll be really fun and exciting. <laughs> no matter what the outcome, it will be fun to watch. We know that, at least. Well, yeah, and well, people... Josh Dobbs was on three teams last year and like that's not like a boast to his success right I mean right. like there's a reason three NFL teams cycled through him um I think he was drafted in 2017 he's been on, on a handful of squads now he hasn't really been able to find a home and that's not like a jab at him but um in the NFL like talent is talent right 
if you can play, teams will latch on to you. Like, mm-hmm. and like guys who are um, not necessarily journeymen, but guys who bounce back and forth between practice squads more times than not are not going to be capable. I think the only reason he was here is because of the familiar familiarity with Drew Petzing, with Israel Wolfork and the rest of the staff. Um, but I also think that was the Dobbs trade was an indictment on how they felt about Clayton Toon, because if they were really confident in Clayton Toon, they would have made Colt McCoy the backup and Clayton Toon would have been the week one starter too. Um, but I, Clayton Toon is a fifth round rookie. I don't think they wanted to rush him out there week one against a very tough commander's defense anyway. Mm-hmm. I think the, the really good plan for them is to let Clayton kind of absorb a few regular season games and let him be shown, hey, this is what we want. This is what the offense looks like in full motion, not against third stringers, but against actual people who are putting food on their plates with their families go at it right and kind of let him get his feet set a little bit and so i think more than anything that might be the plan because they talked very highly of clayton toon yeah. basically since the since the moment he got there yeah. so it's not like um they dislike him or like they only wanted like josh dobbs and clayton toon was never going to be quote unquote the guy i just think it's a matter of time until toon finds himself on the field and i think he'll be kind of that buffer between dobbs not playing well enough to kyler murray returning it's just a matter of when in my opinion I I can get on board with that. I'm okay with that analysis. Thank you, Donnie. <laughs> like I need to be okay with it, but yeah, no, thanks like for it. signing off. <laughs> week two. We're now going into week two. We're at home this week against the Giants, who had a terrible showing last week, like abysmal, poor, gross, disgusting. We look at the injury reports that have come out, uh, the second ones this week. Cardinals with five players listed on the injury report. Two of them did not practice. One of them limited running back James Conner with a calf injury. Um, And then we look at the Giants who have a whopping 10 players on their injury report. Half of them are pretty important yeah, the team. big pieces. <laughs> big pieces. Well, um, the, the two guys who uh, didn't practice either Wednesday or Thursday for the Cardinals, and there are two starters on the defensive side of the ball with Josh Woods and LJ Collier, and those were yeah. already relatively thin positions as is. Um, and then, like you said, you look over at the Giants side of the ball. They did get good news today on Thursday, whenever both Andrew Thomas and Darren Waller did practice for the first time this week. Um, but I mean, geez, I think like the other, cause Sterling Shepard had a rest day today. And then I think the other seven players were like all limited for a second day mm-hmm. in a row. And like you said, a handful of them were like pretty decent contributors. So, um, not to say both teams will be limping into this matchup, but we, we might be missing a handful of starters come game time. We could be for sure. I'm wondering, I think on the defensive end, it would hurt us more. James Conner, I happen to feel is the best player on the team, but I think that, you know, we have other weapons that we can exploit if we needed to, but without a defense, uh, defense wins games. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I, I think it's often sells tickets defense when the games and championships, if I remember correctly. Well, we look at New York and maybe their mindset is a couple of a couple of thoughts. I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. Man, week one sucked. That was yeah. terrible. We have to play way better this week. However, we're playing the Arizona Cardinals. So 
Darren Waller, our very expensive tight end, talented tight end that has a hamstring injury. Maybe you just sit it out another week. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I keep looking at that thinking, do they put Darren Waller in? It's almost like the Ravens situation last week where Mark Andrews had a hammy issue, sat out. I do not think Mark Andrews would sit out against the Bengals. That's a huge divisional Especially rivalry. Um, but Sorry, when I look two. at this game, Waller against us, do you think they may be thinking you should probably just sit it out? Um, considering they're 0-1, I don't think so. And Darren Waller today told reporters he was planning on playing. Okay. Um, so like by his account and him showing up as an improvement on the injury report, yeah. I'm going to kind of pencil him in as playing on Sunday. Um, also like they're traveling to a fan base that doesn't necessarily show up for games. Um, so I would expect a heavy dosage of Giants fans to be in the house, which certainly helps whenever you are the road team as well. Um, but I mean, every game counts, especially when you're 0-1. I think the the stat behind teams who start 0-2, I think very, very few of them end up making the postseason. And if you're a Giants team looking to build consecutive uh, years where you did make the playoffs, especially in the in the NFC conference where you get past teams like Philadelphia, it's kind of wide open. It, it's really for anybody's taking. So I, I think they, they want to stockpile as many wins as possible in the early part of the season before all the injuries accrue, before everything else kind of molds and, you know, happens for them. I think Darren Waller's going to play. All right. All right. That's fine. I mean, he played last week too. <laughs> well, also, how come we're not talking about the Isaiah Simmons revenge game? Hmm. Isaiah Simmons revenge game. I didn't even think about that. I <laughs> Nobody else thinks about it either. Sterling Shepard, wide receiver out. Wando Robinson, wide receiver out. T uh, Waller with his hammy. Graham, uh, I can never say Gano. his last name. Gano with his ankle, their kicker. It's like, are they just falling to pieces? <laughs> and I didn't even think about Isaiah Simmons. There's so much else going on. Tell us, what do you think about that? Uh, interesting for sure. I was collaborating with um, the the Giants country writer for SI, and she was telling me that um, Giants fans tend to get very excited over a, a big, big name, but he hasn't necessarily um, proved a whole, whole lot over there. Just it, it's one a week. He, he did get there on on a short time frame, um, but I mean, maybe just maybe Isaiah Simmons isn't all that in the bag of chips like everybody thought he was coming out of Clemson, which sucks to say, but. Um, and it, it is what it is, but yeah, nobody is really talking about the whole Isaiah Simmons revenge game. And the interesting part about that is I, I try not to put too much stock into a player going from team one to team two and like having info, but Isaiah Simmons is still fresh from the desert, right? He knows that defense in and out. And so I'm sure the Giants offensive staff have been picking his brain over the last week saying, hey, like, what do you know about this? When they're in this look, like what their potential like disguises, X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z through the order. So I think the Giants might be just a little extra prepared than normal. Probably. Um, maybe even especially if they've looked at uh, the spread here. Uh, five and a half point underdogs to New York. They were seven-point underdogs to Washington, which mm -hmm. blew my mind because I thought if there was ever a week we could win, it could have been last week. 
even as seven point underdogs going into this week after that showing five and a half point underdogs I think it's because of both sides the Cardinals actually showing up and people didn't expect them to show up and then the Giants not showing up and people expecting them <laughs> to show yeah, up. Yeah, I, I think more than anything, um, if you're a Cardinals fan, you don't really want to focus on results in 2023. You, you just want to right. see his team battle. And I think a very large um, portion of what Jonathan Gannon was trying to sell to both the fan base and his players was, look, we are going to play hard. Like, like wins and losses, at least this year. Not throwing them out the window, but like I just want to see you guys get better. And I think if you're a Cardinals fan and you watched what happened unfold on Sunday, you have to be encouraged. Yes. But you you have to have watched that game saying, okay, like I know we didn't get the win, but like we were in it. Almost nobody gave us a shot to win this game. And they played hard. They played extremely hard on both sides of the ball, especially on defense too. I agree. They did. They played really hard. And one thing that I thought was so cool. I happened to be in Vegas um, on Sunday and they at Circa Sports, it's this huge wall. I don't know if you've been to it yet, but it's a huge sports book wall, like three floors high and wide. And across the middle are like four big, huge, giant TVs. And then there's a bunch of small TVs. And they moved the Cardinals game to one of the big, giant, huge TVs because it was one of the most like exciting games to watch out of all the games that were happening. So that was fun. No, super fun. And I think if you're going to State Farm Stadium this Sunday or the the next couple of Sundays after, granted, there's going to be a handful of really good teams coming. But hopefully, I mean, the Cardinals can hold up their end of the uh, the value for the the ticket price that you're paying. I am going because I won season tickets this year. You did. That is correct. I'll be tailgating. Uh, My parking is currently in the green lot. And I have a canopy and a grill and a TV and a generator and a cooler like i am so ready to start at 9 (laughs) a.m and roll through no that's a good time i feel like tailgating is almost the the best part of football sunday it's just kind of the the build up to it everybody's in a really good mood i mean great drinks great food all that other good stuff the camaraderie you see the parking lot start to fill up a little bit yeah it's a good time I'm really excited. So if you happen to want to pop over to the green lot, Donnie, before you go and do your job for the day, you are welcome. I appreciate that. I might have to take you up on that. Carne asada on the grill. (laughs) No, now I'm definitely coming. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me this week and looking ahead at our week two matchup against the Giants. It's always a good time. No, I agree. Thank you for having me. And everybody else, please take a minute to subscribe, like, share, leave us some comments. You can find me on Twitter, actually known as X now at Kelly and Phoenix. And you can definitely go and find Donnie because he has the most amazing articles. It feels like every minute of the day, some new articles coming out at Donnie with an IE, Druin. That's it. Donnie drew in. All right. That's it. Peace. Everyone be good. Let's watch this game. Go Cardinals. Go. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Kelly Singh on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, 
Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.